Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is February 10th, and today, Atlanta United introduced its newest designated player, Yorgos Yakamakis. Vice President Carlos Bocanegra was on hand. President Garth Lagerway stayed out of the way, but did answer a few questions. And we got some news out of that, that you'll hear in today's podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter, at Doug Robertson HAC on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now and on Instagram at Douglas David Robertson. You'll get to hear from your ghost. You'll get to hear from Carlos. You'll hear from Garth and I'll answer some of your questions also. If this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Okay, so Yorgos was introduced today at the team's training ground in Marietta. We were all trying to rack our brain to figure out the last time there was a press conference at the team's training ground. One that everyone could remember was Pitties, but I think there was one in between today and then because that was in 2019, I guess. But none of us could quite remember what it was. So that took up a little bit of time. And then the press conference started. First impressions of Yorgos, very confident dude. Seems like a nice dude. Wants to score goals, wants to help Atlanta United make the playoffs. If you watch some video of him, I posted some yesterday on Twitter. He... Reminds me a lot of Joseph, and I wrote some of these things in the story that I just posted uh, that you could find at AJC.com. His style of play reminds me of Joseph, the, the healthy Joseph, not the Joseph we saw the past two seasons, the fully healthy Joseph. He can score with his right foot, his left foot, his head. He combines well with teammates. He runs across the face of defenders, which is a good thing. Um, he's strong. And he could jump. So those are all good things. But here, because my opinion matters not one iota, is Carlos Bocanegra talking about why the team signed Yorgos. Yeah, so what we saw uh, was a player that that was hungry to score goals uh, every time the ball uh, got in the final third. And I think it was uh, something interesting that we saw his movement in the box, his willingness to get across uh, the face of defenders, uh, we've got some guys that we think can put in some pretty good service. And, and a lot of times uh, how Celtic was able to pin teams in uh, wherever they played, we tend to do that quite a bit uh, here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And so uh, the profile that he brings uh, with his size that you see, uh, his strength and determination, we thought that was going to be a great mix and a great compliment uh, to be a part of our front four. I thought that was fascinating what Carlos said about pinning teams in. Because Atlanta United did a lot of that last year, but they can rarely take advantage. And I'm going to have a lot more about this in our season preview package that you will find 
In the Sunday, February 19th, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, I've already written a good bit of it, but there'll be some more that I need to write. And one of the stories that I'll need to write is where the goal is going to come from for this team. Now, here's Yorgos. You can call him Geo. You can call him Gigi. I think he said one of his other nicknames was Tank on why he signed with Atlanta United. Well, uh, first of all, uh, it was the way they approached me. Carlos was the only one who came to Glasgow to visit me. And that means a lot to me. Um, I wanted to go somewhere that uh, I would feel important. I would feel, uh, number one, I would feel a crucial player. And uh, Carlos showed me since the very first moment. Uh, Also, uh, of course, um, Atlanta, I know it's a big club. I know it's, um, it was also the league. It's really competitive. And I think my passion suits a lot to, to the Americans. Because um, I have a lot of passion, I love celebrating with the fans and, um, you know, it's plenty, plenty of reasons that made me feel that uh, I would suit here, I would feel important and uh, I would succeed. So there you go. Pretty interesting comments, pretty honest comments. Again, kind of underscores why he came across as a pretty good dude. Now, he is replacing a legend with the franchise, a scorer of 111 goals a holder of all sorts of both franchise and MLS records. I'm, of course, talking about Joseph Martinez. So I asked Yorgos if he was feeling any pressure on replacing El Rey. Of course I feel pressure, and I'm happy that I feel pressure. If I wouldn't, then uh, I wouldn't have um, a big motivation. Uh, I like pressure. I work work under under pressure all the time. When I signed for Celtic, they asked me what number I want, and uh, this time I just said number seven. But number seven in Celtic was a legendary number. It was Larson, Eric Larson, and uh, he's the legend of the legends. So I respect it, but uh, at the same time, I, I wanted that pressure, I wanted that uh, motivation, and uh, I think I did well. So the same happens here. Um, I feel that it's, it's also the number, that, but it's also the position that uh, I have to replace a great player. That he could write his uh, own history here for the club and uh, especially in the league in, the, in general. And uh, I feel nice. I feel nice because I, I feel that I have, I have to improve every, every, every day more and more and uh, keep scoring goals and uh, make these people uh, right for, for their decision and uh, make them proud. Now, as I wrote and many others wrote a few weeks ago, manager Gonzalo Pineda talked about the team trying to sign three players. They've signed two. The first was Lewis Abram, a center back. And you're going to hear a little bit more about him from Boca Negra in just a little bit. Yorgos was the second. The third, they're working on. If it's not this window, it'll be the summer window. And here's Garth Lagerway talking about the space the team has for that third signing. The third signing, we still have space for a third signing, but that is, that is uh, you know, to be clear, that's a senior roster player is what I would say. So in other words, the DP spots are all full now, right? Um, and so I think you're going to get a, you know, maybe it's a TAM signing, um, but I think it might be below that in part because the other thing we want to do is we're obviously a work in progress this year, right? And, and we got to evaluate this as we go when we have, you know, Guzan coming off an Achilles, Miles Robinson coming off an Achilles. Um, you know, Sosa hasn't been healthy all the time. You're talking about your spine of your team. So we have to keep evaluating that going forward. And so we also want to preserve some flexibility for the summer. So, yes, we are going to pursue a third player after Abram and after Gigi. Um, but 
I think you'll see us be a little bit more conservative potentially with that position so that we preserve our optionality for the summer, um, whereby if you can sell a player like Moreno, now he does come off your books. Now you you get away from the dead money situation because you're, what you're asked, being asked to amortize right now is his acquisition cost. And if he's on loan, that still counts. If you sell him, it doesn't count. So you're going to hear a little bit more about how the salaries and the budget stuff works in these next two or these next three sound bites from Lardaway. The first is on the dead cap situation with Moreno. Significant dead money with Moreno that we chose to take on the cap uh, because it allowed us. I mean, look, long story short, we were hoping the most efficient way to do this might have been to have taken GG on loan, um, but we weren't able to do that. Um, they had the offer in Japan, uh, guaranteed money, Celtic did, and so we, we realized that in order to do this deal, we had to make him a DP, which required us to change our plan. Um, so we did that, and then we were able to jump. But to be clear, we, uh, you know, I only signed off on it because we found a way to not pull any money forward from next year and to, to basically, to, you know, my edict to them all along has been take all the pain you need to take on bad contracts this year. Take it right now, take it up front, similar to what the Falcons have done this year, um, and then level set for next year where we have a clean slate and we're not in any kind of commitments that we are uncomfortable with. So in that 53 seconds, we got more insight into how Atlanta United uses salaries and, and MLS rules than I think maybe in the previous six years. That, of course, is new president Garth Lagerway. Now, here's where we get into a little bit of news from today, and you're going to hear some more news in just a little bit. But here's Garth talking about Ezekiel Barco's contract situation with River Plate. Barco hit a trigger in his contract that requires River to take action. And so... Again, whether we're, whether that's legally a loan or a sale, I want to be careful. I'm not sure uh, as that. I don't have the contract in front of me. But that is a guaranteed transaction. So, therefore, all of his acquisition costs comes off the Atlanta United books. Moreno is a loan, and therefore it is not guaranteed transaction, and therefore his acquisition cost has to stay in our books. So when I talk about dead money for Moreno, the salary is being covered, but the acquisition cost is not. So when he says acquisition cost, he's talking about the transfer fee. And that was either six million or seven million, depending upon what you read. Now, we did get clarification on Barco. It is a purchase. It does not go into effect until January first of twenty twenty four. But he is off of Atlanta United's books. His rights belong to River Plate. Atlanta United cannot recall him from his loan. He is now a River Plate player. And his budget charge for the acquisition cost of $15 million, which is what Atlanta United paid for him in 2018, does not count against Atlanta United's salary budget because Barco was signed as a young designated player. That's one of the many bizarre roster mechanisms within Major League Soccer. Moreno's does because he was just a regular designated player when he signed. He was bought down later and turned into just a Tam player. Gigi cannot be bought down. He is a full designated player. I wondered if it was possible that he could, but he cannot, Garth said. And now here is Lagerway talking about whether or not they can recover, uh, or, or just not recover, but cover, well, no, recover the $15 million they paid to get Barco from Independiente. 
We, we are not going to recover the entirety of the transfer fee on Barco. That's not our expectation. Okay. So, and, and part of what I said when talking about resetting, level setting, was being willing to, uh, if we needed to, take losses on some of these deals. And again, the level set going forward and say, hey, this is what gives us the best chance for long-term success going forward. And now our last soundbite is uh, about two minutes, 21 seconds, me talking uh, with Carlos about a few things including Lewis Abram, who he compares to Michael Parkhurst, Eric Lopez, who has rejoined the team after being on loan to Banfield last season, and a few other things. Eric Lopez, what is his status with the club? He's uh, he's here in Atlanta. Okay. So he's just got to reintegrate himself with the team. Okay. So he's going to start. He'll be training with the team. He's on the roster? Potentially first team, potentially second team. Okay. But he's, he's got to get back up to fitness. Okay. Luis Abel, we haven't had a chance to talk to you about him yet. What do you, what did y'all like about him? Yeah. And how did that process so work? I, think, I don't know if Chris spoke about it, but you guys will speak to him next week. I don't know if that's yeah. been enough, but you guys, will, you guys will have that chance to speak to him next week uh, in front of the group. Um, he's more of a cerebral defender, so think like more Michael Parkhurst than, oh, okay. than, um, than Alan Franco. Um, and again, not, whatever, that's just yeah, that's yeah. what it is, but just profile-wise. Um, but the nice thing is he's left-footed as well. Yeah. We haven't had a left-footed central defender at this club the entire time. So it's uh, it's nice that as we want to play, he can open up and you know it just opens the field up a little yeah. bit more naturally. But no, he's he's what we see with him is more like consistent, steady, cerebral defender. Um, you know, Miles is a bit more athletic, so that partnership where you know, he can kind of mm-hmm. and Miles can go attack and, and mostly cover behind. Um, but that that's kind of what we we liked about him, and that he played. We actually tried to get him three years ago I think okay two and a half years ago when he was at Villas mm-hmm. we tried to get him when he was coming out of contract but we couldn't get him oh okay so he's been we've been following him for a while and the third signing that was mentioned by Pineda mm-hmm. like the first week of, of preseason training mm-hmm. what is the status of that yeah it's potentially we're going to bring one more in okay um, if we can't figure it out in our cap and the deal doesn't make sense for us then we'll probably wait until the summer but okay we are looking to bring in one more if we can is it a central midfielder? We'll see. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, etc. Get all of our stories on AJC.com, access to our e-paper, and our assortment of newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from Mark Bradley. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts so that you always know what's really going on. We only got two letters or questions today, but we just did a podcast uh, two days ago. I think it was. So that is okay. But they're good questions. And God bless y'all for asking them. As always, if you have questions about the MLS team, you could send them to my email. That's droberson at AJC.com or DM me on my Twitter handle at Doug Robertson AJC. Henry, gold star friend of the podcast, asks, what are your first impressions of Gigi? Confident guy, nice guy. Reminds me a lot of Joseph, as I said before. I did ask him why soccer, and he said it's all he's ever done, his parents talked about he, he could, couldn't go to sleep at night 
even when he was one and a half years old, unless he was hugging a soccer ball. So that's a pretty nice little cool anecdote that he shared with us. You know, I am curious, once the season gets going and he's playing in the heat and the travel, because you could tell people about it, you could tell players, but until they experience it, it's just it's a different kind of thing. But I do think that his skills complement Almada's, Arahujo's, Etienne's, Gutman's, and Lennon's. So if the team could stay healthy, it's going to be interesting. Henry continues, can you explain what Gigi can and can't do until his visa arrives? Well, he can train. He's going to experience his first training session with the team on Saturday. I don't know if he can play in the AmFam Cup. This is just a friendly. Um, so he might be able to, but I'll try to get some clarification on that. Uh, the AmFam Cup, of course, is February 15th at Mercedes-Benz Stadium against Toluca. It is the most prestigious made-up cup sponsored by an insurance company in the history of soccer. So please take this game very, very seriously. How long will the visa process take? The team's hoping he's going to be available for selection for the season opener on February 25th against a San Jose team that has gotten a lot stronger uh, during this offseason. If you haven't seen their roster moves, they are not the pushover that they once were. So keep that in mind. And then Henry finishes his third and final question. And again, thank you, Henry. And if y'all haven't checked out Henry's website, Google Henry Higueta and look at what he writes about Atlanta United because he does good work. Over or under 15 goals for Yako this season? Hmm, I'm going to go under because I think what you're going to see, if everything works like it's supposed to work, is you'll probably get 10 goals from him, but you're going to see maybe... 10 goals from Tiago and 10 goals from Louise and, and five to eight goals from Etienne. Just a more balanced offense than maybe we've seen in a long time. That's my take on that. I do know that you add, if you add his year in stats with Arahujos and Almadas, if you don't get 30 goals and 30 assists, then something an Etienne that something is, is, has not worked like it's supposed to. Another friend of the podcast, Rob says this one may take some digging with the service being so new, but any idea why the GG press conference was not available live on MLS season pass. I've read in several places that teams are expected to provide content for the pass. Does this not include live streams or press conferences? I think you will see this go up. Uh, it's gotta be edited first and, and spit and polished. They don't kind of fly off the cuff like I do with this podcast that my good friend Daniel then cleans up for me. So I think you'll see it there. It may be there now for all I know. I've still got to sign into that thing and and explore. Any idea what we can expect in terms of future past content from the team outside of live matches? Well, I'm going to talk with somebody about that on Tuesday for a story. So I hope you'll look out for that on AJC.com. And Rob's last question. And Rob has got some evil thoughts in this question. With Christian Arango on the move to Liga Emekis, and many speculating he did not move within MLS due to the lack of GAM among teams and the lack of a true intra-league transfer system, which I don't know if either of those are technically true. You can always trade for players. 
is there a loophole that would allow a player like Arango to be sold outside the league with a massive, he puts in all caps, sell-on percentage, and then resold back inside the league to another club? The perk for the team in the outside league would be collecting some additional cash out of the deal, much like you see with three-team trades in the NBA, in exchange for being a middleman or facilitator for the two MLS clubs to make the deal. I'm sure there's a rule against this. Uh, otherwise, it would be exploited mercilessly by groups that own more than one club, like Manchester City, Red Bull, to help some of the less profitable clubs gain some money. And I think there are, I cannot remember for a fact what the rule is, but I think there is rules about you can't transfer and then transfer uh, without playing or, or without being registered there, there, I'd have to go and look through FIFA rules. There is some rule that prohibits this kind of an idea. But I can't, for the life of me, remember what it is off the top of my head. I have a hard enough time trying to remember MLS rules, much less all of FIFA's rules. All right. We are wrapping up this podcast. Uh, we'll probably have another one to preview the American Family Insurance Cup. Again, the most esteemed of all the made-up cops sponsored by an insurance company in the history of all sports. So make sure you tune in for that. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, on Instagram at Douglas David Robertson. Again, there were no questions about law and order reruns, so all my acquired knowledge is going to go to waste. No questions about how to not use dating apps or how to do yoga in the worst possible way. I'm dying to share that information with y'all. But until then, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones. This is Southern Fried Soccer. Y'all take care.